Some beautiful music this morning between the handbells and the choir. It's a wonderful start to the day as we celebrate All Saints Sunday. And I, I began to talk to the children about vision. And, you know, vision and having a vision can be two very different things. Vision we associate with our eyes, ability to see. And a vision is something that may happen if your eyes are closed or you're in a dark place. It's that something that enters into our mind in a different way than through our sight. I saw a, um, a program the other day on television where a neurologist talked about his experience where it was a, a near, he uh, uh, was near death and he had a vision of being in heaven. And then he came back to life, told about someone who had led him through the vision of what he saw. And they did a, uh, ask him the certain questions about, well, you know, a lot of folks have that same vision. You go to the light. What makes yours any different? That's just the mind doing it. And being a neurologist, he said, no, the part of the mind that would see that was not operating, was not working. It didn't come from within the mind. It came outside into it. I believe what we had now for uh, John's story to us is another experience that came to him on which all of us can feed. It's a description of home, if you might say it a different way. I began to think of what that word might mean to you and me if I used the word home. I think about an address where I grew up till I was age 11, 556 Hansen Street in Macon, Georgia. Another address is on Mars Allen Road where we moved to and my parents lived until my mother died, also in Macon. I can think about the homes that Vicki and I have lived together raising our children, this being uh, the one now here in McKay Drive, 123. I can even think about the homes that we, well, not we, the bank owns, we have our name on. Uh, we have a couple of those, one in Athens where our one daughter lives, and one in Columbus with renters, and that may be the home we get to one day, you know. That's the, that's the plans anyway. Home can sound like a place. And that's certainly a description of it. But you and I know that a home can be, uh, a house can be just a building. Something else turns it into a home. And what he describes for us is not just a place that we might see and not have an investment in, but one where we're drawn into because of the way we've lived this life. Think of it this way, is it home is where the heart is. Now that saying has been around a while, and recently Lady Annabella uh, wrote a song that by that name itself, home is where the heart is. So home is not just a place. In fact, it can be almost any place if your heart is there. That is, you found within those around you in that setting a deep sense of belonging, of loving and being loved, and feeling that God has put you there for this time where you are. That is how we begin to experience home. The text talks about a future and sometimes we're so worried about life and the present, we don't even want to talk about that subject. We just want you to solve the problems of today. And if you do that, then we'll talk about the future later. But you need to know that John's, the, this book of John was in fact written to people who were deeply distressed, who found themselves being uh, persecuted, whose lives were tormented in some ways, and John writes to them. He is not saying, when life gets better, we'll talk about afterlife. He's saying, I want to talk to you now in the middle of life's most difficult, and maybe even the middle of life's most cherishing moments, of what God has in store for us. It is an honest picture of what life will look like. It is uh, something He wants us to see, and He gives us a way of seeing it in a word picture. 
you know, pictures sometimes are visual. And uh, I think of artists. Uh, yesterday, we had the funeral of Ray Layton. They, he and Catherine attended our church for several years. And, and Ray is an artist. I had the privilege a few months ago visiting their home, and he took me to his studio. And it's amazing to me how an artist can either look at a picture or a scenery, and they sometimes just within their head can take that paint in their hand and produce a beautiful work of art. I couldn't begin to do that. I don't want to do it good with a camera. Might as well with something else, you know. But someone who can give you a picture. John gives us a picture that captures our imagination. Not just for the moment, but gives us a source of strength for what's going to happen both in the present and in the future. We'd call it life situation. There's a, a German word called Litzitzenleben that you don't need to remember, but it's saying that's the setting in which all of us are living every day. The circumstances around which you and I have little or no control. It's different for some of us in some ways shared in others. And in those circumstances, we're called to live our faith. The book, The Road Less Traveled, has, I remember the book most of all for the very first sentence found in the book. And I've quoted it before. It goes like this. Life is difficult. You know, and, and after that, if you accept that, you begin to realize that it is in that acceptance you can live your life at its best. So part of John's writing to us is an admission that life has difficulties in it, but in knowing that, you can live it the best. Not in hiding from it, not in staying away and doing only the easy parts, but in submerging ourselves in what may be very difficult, we find also God's plan for us. Faith is expressing itself in our struggles. It's what God gives us in our picture. He said there is a, a new heaven and a new earth. And you and I would say, well, I haven't seen the old one yet. The old heaven, you mean? What do you mean by a new earth? It's kind of frustrating at times when, when we see new things around us and they just don't seem to stay new very long. One of my favorite billboards is of a, a used car dealership. You know what he said on the used car dealership? His signboard says, everybody drives a used car. Don't you know the person who just went down and bought him a brand new car and drives by it, what they think when they read that? You, all of a sudden, you mean when I drove it off the lot? Immediately, it became a used car. Well, yes, it did. Because even though you've used it only a mile or a few, it still isn't brand new any longer. Well, new in the kingdom is a promise of something that will stay fresh. It is not going to revert to the old and need to be replaced in time. It was a family we had some years ago at a church, or a farm family. And they had two houses. One house was the one they lived in. The house next to it, not uh, 30 yards away, was the old home place. When they wanted the new house, they couldn't see taking down the old one. Instead, it stayed there. And in time, all the shrubs really grew up around it. And they began, the windows and doors didn't work as well anymore. They would even store some crops inside of it. So the old became older, right next to the new. And every day when they stood out in their front yard and looked, they could see the new, but they also had to look at the old. He's saying to us, when the kingdom comes, there is the new. There's that freshness about what God is doing, and all that we have struggled over finds its conclusion and something more that God offers. He says some, some things identified in the story we'll talk about in a moment. Well, he says, first of all, there's no sea. And you and I begin to wonder, and why would he say that? 
Because you need to know that John is exiled on the Isle of Patmos where he writes this, and the sea separates him from all the people and the loved ones he has known before. It is a barrier to him. He's saying to us, those barriers come down. In that new kingdom, the things of distance and separation are gone. We can get to those whom we love and need to be near. Know that. There are no more tears or sorrow or crying or pain. In this life, they are. They are here, present. They will come. It reminds us that there is a newness about that kingdom that reminds us what we experience here is not the last. Every time we have a funeral, we always remind the family that as people of faith, we believe that there is a life beyond this one. That God has made a promise. Jesus has said that to us. We'll come to exactly what He said in just a few moments. John paints a picture of a, a city that is freed from the infection of sin. It is and freed, from, freed from all those things that make this present world unpleasant for us. It does not suggest, though, that because we have sinned, we cannot be in it. He simply wants us to know that that activity will not be around us anymore. You know what that means? That means in this next world, there'll be no crime, which means there'll be no need for police or jails. There'll also be no need for churches or synagogues because God will be everywhere. His presence is manifest, seen. So why do we need a church to remind us of it? So many of the things that are present in this world to attempt to keep us safe because of God's security there, what He offers to us that will not need to happen any longer. He's one that loves us. Let's us know in this picture that while sin disappears, and He said even no sun or moon or night or, or darkness appears because God is a light. He illuminates everything. And what is presence? What is present is seen is the glory of God. God is everywhere. It says the Alpha and the Omega. I don't know when you come on Sundays if you ever notice the pads on the altar rail, but the very first two pads nearest the center here, one has the Alpha symbol and one has the Omega. To remind us, He is the first. He was here at the very making, and its conclusion is about the very purpose for which He is here. It will come to His end, not just to its own. We come celebrating He is the one the goal to which we are headed. He continues to wait on us to do well in this life. Read to you verse 7. All who are victorious will inherit all these things, these blessings. I will be their God, and they will be my people. We're always trying to find ways to handle troubles in our life. And, and this one was written in a book called St. John's in the Village. I'm not suggesting them. It's just an idea of how people try to handle troubles. Some parts say this, indecision is the way to be, is the key to being flexible. That's how some folks face troubles. You cannot tell which way the train went by looking at the tracks. Does that make a lot of sense? A lot? Then, okay. And there's absolutely no substitute for a genuine lack of preparation. Some people get through life looking at it that way. And nostalgia isn't what it used to be. Think on it there, okay? Think on that for a moment. And my last one is my favorite one. It says, never wrestle a pig. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it. 
So, you know, when you're trying to figure out the best way to handle troubles, there are all kinds of choices out there in our world. But we remind ourselves that God never forsakes us. He's the one that has a desire for us. His love, He has a plan, first of all. The world is not just headed somewhere on its own, but by His design, it is following a plan. And that we, as people who believe and are followers of Jesus, are in His plan. It's not a different one, we're a part of it. And God will work out His plan using us. And we need to know that that plan works. It will not fail in the end. Much of our own attempts of trying to plan and do on behalf of God gets misdirected. We're trying always to discover what is His plan and to be about it. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, using an amplified Bible, it says this, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places parentheses, homes, if it were not so, would have told you, for I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And when I go and make a place ready for you, I will come back again, will take you to myself, and there where I am, you will be also. He's saying to us, there is a game plan, it has a conclusion to it, and you are on the winning side. It may not always look like it, in the pain or struggles of the moment. But you need to know it is true. Let the vision be one that captures your imagination. A painting to me is so much better than a photograph. A photograph catches the uh, image as light will show it on a screen. We would say maybe perfectly clear if the, if the density and resolution is close enough. But a painting captures the feel of the moment, not just the look of the moment. It captures the expressions better, what the artist can see and what is seen. I believe in our story here, John is giving us the artist's description, what the seer sees. It's something that by faith we can find of what God is doing. It is about His kingdom, the kingdom of God coming. And on this All Saints Sunday, remind us, even as others have gone before us, one day, our names, too, will be called. And we'll have left behind a group of others to whom we have been faithful witnesses. They may carry on the work in this world until that kingdom is completely present. But for now, we're a part of waiting. Waiting not as ones without hope, but waiting as ones with hope. Remembering God has a plan, and you and I are a part of it. And the plan works. Would you pray with me? Our Father, there are many ways that you encourage us. Perhaps here in the middle of the greatest struggles that John knew and those around him, he found a way in that vision of giving hope. Lord, give us hope if it's been dimmed by the day. Help us to find in our deepest sorrows, again, encouragement and enjoy that you have a plan that we are a part of your plan, and that your plan works. And that we, Lord, can count on a kingdom that we are a part of now, helping to bring into this world. And yet one day in its fullness it shall arrive, and we shall rejoice completely as it does. Guide and watch over us. In Jesus we pray. Amen.